On this week's Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast, we're going to count down the 10 greatest rock sounds that feature saxophone. Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. are back the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast ribbed for your pleasure <laughs> but not lubricated you got to do that yourself oh, sorry oh no so anyway say so, yes it is Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast you can go to ludini rock and roll circus.com or lulombardimusic.com i'm lulombardi aka ludini if you haven't put that together yet um rockrageradio.com download Download that app. Download the app. You should. It ain't crap. Like I said last week. Mm, there you I go. was listening to last week's podcast and I spontaneously said, download the app. It ain't crap. <laughs> and um, so it ain't. But it's still true this week. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not saying. Well, I did say it. You but did. I was just talking yeah. about. But anyways, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> it's a uh, great pl- way to hear uh, 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 kick-ass uh, music content 24-7-365. You know, what is that? Uh, 25, 26,000 year cycle. Um, uh, you know, every time the uh, axis of the earth flips upside down, like right, in other words, it's going to be there forever. So <laughs> just go to rock, uh, rockbridgeradio.com and please check out and, and hang out with our good buddy uh, Wolf's Customs. This Why would you want to know about Wolf's Customs? Wolf's Customs at wolfscustoms.online or better try to find them on social media. Um, does custom artwork on your musical instrument, guitar, bass, um, sousaphone, whatever you happen to play. And the reason that's important is because when you get up there to rock out with your talk out, you want to look like a badass with a really awesome looking musical instrument, guitar, bass, etc. So check them out. Go to wolfscustoms.online or find Chris Thunderwolf Dotson on Facebook. Um, okay, and we have done that. Speaking of all that stuff, mm-hmm. I need to introduce the uh, members. I need to introduce my member. No. I knew that was coming. <clears throat> no, we've talked about this. Um, I'm As you heard me mention earlier, Rock Rage Radio, from Rock Rage Radio, we have Lily V6. What's up, all? So what do you, So what's going on, Lily? I went to two wonderful shows over the weekend. Uh, Friday, I saw Crash Army and um, False Positive at the VFW. False Positive. <laughs> In Southside, and then Saturday I went to Black Forge Coffee House and saw Anxiety at Best. Both are all three very great bands. I recommend them. Black Forge local. There's no alcohol at Black Forge though. Oh, this coffee. 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 It's good coffee. <laughs> yeah, I do like their coffee. Uh, check them out. And also, Mr. Pittsburgh himself. Hey, everybody. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh, you watch what this week? That we were telling oh, the uh, the book of Boba Fett. The book of Boba Fett. Lily, just, just tune out. Just tune out right Bubba. now. Lily. Lily Did just... you hear my eyes roll? <laughs> yeah. I loved I loved them yeah. both. I love that and the Mandalorian both. Yeah. They're great. Um <laughs> Look, Lily, I'm such a nerd. When R2D2 showed up, I lost my mind. Oh good. I lost my mind. <laughs> Did you fall out of the chair? I was I was dog I, I think that people thought that Luke Skywalker was gonna 
pop out of there. But when you couldn't see him, I, I figured it had to be Grogu. Luke was there. Not, he wasn't in the X-Wing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you have he, to clarify. Yeah, he wasn't in the clarify. X-Wing. When that X-Wing landed, I think that... But I think I people... scared... I was I was dog-sitting for my daughter, and so we... <laughs> the dog and I were watching... <laughs> Look at Lily's face. Lily's and, and I, think I, I need a sedative. I, I might have scared the dog when R2 showed up. Yeah. Aww. All right, enough nerds. Enough nerds. There you go. Yep. Ah. And there it is. Get all your nerd out. Ah, I felt good. Okay. So, um, Kevin and I did nerdy shit. Nerdy shit. I tried to go 6666, but it wasn't playing like at the oh, time really? I was out. And mm. we, we didn't want to stand there and wait for an hour and a half Ugh. for it to start. Who wants to wait that long? I would have. They don't have a bar anymore at the freaking movie theater. What? Remember they used to have the bar? Yeah. yeah they got they don't have that. Oh for fuck's sake. So if they would have had that if they would have had like food and stuff like that, I'm yeah. like my mother hung there. out and yeah, waited. Yeah, waited uh, for it wasn't an hour, but it was by at least an hour. But in yeah. any case, um so I didn't we didn't uh, check that out. So I oh. don't really have any cool shit to say that I saw. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I wish I was as cool as you I guys. should probably go see that. It's okay. I'm, I think I'm going to see They Might Be Giants in September. Oh, look at you. Because Excellent. I want to be the only bee in your bonnet. <laughs> okay. Any I'm They waiting. Might Be Giants fans out there? Yeah. I didn't say New York Giants. <laughs> I said They Might Be Giants. They Might Be Giants. Again, they should tour with... Dallas, Texas. Little, little That's Lee Carver. Lee, what's up, Lee? And uh, that's Michael Gold's <laughs> first comment. <clears throat> Michael, welcome. We're going to be talking about your uh, your topic. You wanted to hear us talk about saxophone, and that is exactly what we are going to. What's, what's wrong with being sexy? Nothing. <laughs> sexy. Did you see me? Did you get my email? I got it. You, did you get it? Yeah. Okay, you saw the little thing mm-hmm. I did. It was sexy. Oh my God! So we are gonna. Here's I'm gonna start out a little bit different. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh oh. Than we normally do because everybody knows. Everybody, everybody knows uh, Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Everybody knows Leonard Cohen, but mm-hmm. other than that, that Leonard Cohen is a rock uh, person, so you shouldn't be rolling your eyes. It's That's not right. Stuff. It's the, the it's the singing. It's the singing. Come on, it's in the volume. You know who does a good version of Everybody Knows? Who? Um, uh, uh, Con- Concrete Blonde. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I do yeah. like Concrete Blonde. Uh, the, okay, so first of all, so we all know what a guitar is and, mm-hmm. you know, a drum. Yeah. You know what a guitar is. You know what a singer is. Yeah. We know what a keyboard <laughs> player, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Wait, you, f- you forgot the most important what? instrument. What in, is in the rock band? What is that? What's the bass? <laughs> they don't know what that is. Come on now. Nah, they don't even don't know. They, the nobody cares about that. <clears throat> the bass <laughs> guitar, of course. Um, but some folks may not be, you know, hip to the sax. The saxophone is a type of single reed woodwind instrument with a. Do if it. I said you had a conical body, would you hold it against me? Yes. <laughs> with conical, what you're talking about. Yes. You with a conical body, usually made of brass. As with all single reed instruments, sound is produced when a reed on a mouthpiece vibrates to produce a sound wave inside the instrument's body. Just like that. That sounds like dirty. That. 
The pitch is controlled by opening and closing holes. <laughs> a little pitchy, dog. In the body. <laughs> wow, that's this is taking fit. a turn. Yeah, eh? I don't know. I don't know if I can continue on with this description. I might get banned Naughty. from Facebook. <laughs> with holes in the body to change the effective length. I'll bet of the tube. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, this is really pervy, folks. Wow, I'm, somebody better look at Wikipedia and, and, and have a talk with them. Wow. The holes. Oh my God, take this oh, sentence man. out. Okay, here we the go. The holes are closed by leather pads. So now they've got uh, they brought in some uh, BDSM nice. into the whole situation. Attached wow. to keys, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. operated by the player. <laughs> Saxophones are made in various sizes. I quit. I think, Hal, have you figured out which segment you're going to cut for the audio? <laughs> Saxophones are made in various sizes and are almost always treated as transposing instruments. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I use the Magnum. That's the size I use. The Magnum. Saxophone players are called saxophonists. Shut up. They are. <sighs> Yo, I'm a bassologist. <laughs> bassologist. Nerdologist. Hey. Nerdatology. Mm. The saxophone is used in a wide... <laughs> Just... You can emphasize it's getting better and better as we keep going in a wide range of musical styles, including classical music, such yeah. as concert bands, chamber music, etc., military bands, marching bands, jazz and jazz combos and contemporary music. It's used in rock, of course. Yes. Uh, the saxophone is also used as a solo and melody instrument or as a popular member of a horn section in some styles of rock and roll and popular music. It was invented by the Belgian instrument maker L. Adolf Sax. <laughs> that's not even real. Adolf Sachs. That's no. That's who said that. That's made up. Who said that? <laughs> I quit. I'm done for the day. Adolf, what are you working in in your workshop on? I'm creating an instrument I call the sax. Oh, you bastard! You arrogant in, bastard! Why do you name it after yourself? In the early 1840s, he was he was patented on uh, June 28th of 1846. Sax invented two groups of seven instruments each. Man, this guy was busy. Mm-hmm. One group contained instruments in C and F. The other group contained instruments in B-flat, E-flat. The B-flat and E-flat instruments soon became dominant, and most saxophones encountered today are from this series. Instruments from the series pitch C and F never gained a foothold and constituted only a small percentage of instruments made by sax. Okay, so there's a million things here, including all kind of the frequencies and all the happy stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so that is a sort of basic idea of the instrument. The instrument. <laughs> okay. So, right. um, so do, do you think his his neighbor? Do you think his neighbor was Hans Tuba? <laughs> mm-hmm. You think that's who it was? Hans, what are you fucking on? Shut up, Sax. Oh my goodness. So Lily, why don't you Why don't I? Please. <laughs> Give me start why don't you just jump in there and okay. just make it happen? Well, I'm gonna go with the most obvious one, so let's start this off with a bang. I still believe by Tim Capello. Oh, there you go. From the Lost Boys. Yes. That right. One song you know what I'm talking about. Big, Get out of my face. Muscular. This is the first song that came to mind man. when we decided on the topic. It's um 
not originally done by uh, Capello, but it uh, it's noted to be as the definitive version of the song. Originally done by a Santa Cruz rock band called The Call. Oh. Yeah. Um, Th- is that the same call that um, sang uh, when uh, the walls came down? Let, let the and, day uh, begin. And, and, let the day begin. Yeah. That I didn't I didn't look them up. I don't know. Okay. I, don't know. <laughs> I was just I thought it was cool that it that was Santa Cruz. It kind of sounds like maybe they would have done that. Okay. Go uh, the song's called Status has given it lasting appeal and it continues to appeal to viewers of all ages. Um this song is sax from beginning to end, like literally from the start of the song to the end of the song. Super catchy. It's fun. Uh, the scene in the film The Lost Boys is um, one of the things that Tim Capello is known for, but he's very accomplished uh, at the saxophone. He has done work with Tina Turner in the 80s and 90s and Peter Gabriel, Carly Simon, plus a whole bunch of others. He is currently on tour as well as a solo act. He does so many songs, apparently, but everybody's going to go see the one. Um not sure of the entire catalog, but I think it would be a fun show. He's notable for his muscular physique, sexually provocative movements oh, during his Lord performances, Jesus, and, no. and for his tendency to perform shirtless that with his skin oiled and his hair in a ponytail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I just figured people think that this is a like novelty song. They don't think it's a serious song because of that performance in The Lost Boys. But mm-hmm, it actually, mm-hmm. I didn't even listen to the original song, so I'll have to do that later. Yeah. But, I think it's a good one. Oh, so that's the guy who's all oiled up yes. and there's the flames and that's he's Tim all Capello, sassy. Yes, the, the flaming drums and yeah, everything. Yeah, he up there dancing around with his saxophone. <laughs> all all up sexy-like. Sassy. What? He's in a music video. Tina Tina Turner or... Oh, he's yeah. He's definitely in... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah That that's him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Lost Boys. Yeah. Because I thought that the, the guy, when I saw the movie The Lost Boys, I thought that was an actor. Oh, no, no. <clears> you know? yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was actually the guy. Yeah. All right. Huh. That's a good one, Lily. I'm really <laughs> proud of you. You're welcome. I'm proud of you. You're I'm welcome. proud of you. I hope that you are proud of you, too. I'm going to pick... <clears throat> excuse me. I was... Uh, I love the guitar. Do you? So much about our podcast is about guitar. And that was always my thing. In fact, there was a lot of songs... They had horn breaks in them and stuff like that that I, growing up as a kid, always wished they had guitars instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. always like, that was always that kid. With the exception of this song, this was the first song that made me really appreciate the saxophone in rock and roll. Okay, this isn't in any kind of chronological thing. Uh, let me Just to let you know, I just turned the radio on in 1980, something like that, yeah. and just was listening to what whatever was on. <clears throat> I had no history of rock and roll i didn't know you know what i mean what came before that so i'm not saying that this is the first great song with saxophone it's the first one i heard and that is turn the page by bob seger songs about life on the road and the rigors of musicians uh the things that they face when touring it presents the other side of fame, which the public doesn't see, the loneliness and aggravation. Seeger wrote the song in what for him was an unusual way. He told Music Connection, I hardly ever wrote on the road. I was more of a field general, and there wasn't a lot of time for writing on the road back then. The only two songs that I can think of that I wrote on the road are Night Moves and Turn the Page. But those were basically cases of getting a an outline of verses, <clears throat> just over like a few periods of time, 
the songs weren't totally finished until I had a, a week or two off on the road from the road to uh, sort of get them together. Um, so that is the song, and it sort of makes sense, right? He's on the road. It has the very beautiful uh, saxophone uh, solo on it, and um, the live version is the definitive version. We have mm-hmm. talked about, <clears throat> we talked about this song before when we talked about, uh, you know, songs that are more famous as a live uh, version versus the studio version. And that is uh, definitely this song. Um, and there is actually uh, a video, filmed video of that performance. Mm. And you can see the gentleman rocking out on the saxophone. It's very, very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, Turn the Page by Bob Sigar. <clears throat> Bob Sigar. Very good. Nice pick. Very you, good. Are you going? Yes. Go ahead. I've actually thought of something. Oh, good. Here. <laughs> so, my, uh, my, uh, my pick is epic recording artist Ario Speedwagon. And the song is Say You Love Me or Say Goodnight. Uh, now, the interesting thing about this is when it goes into the what would be the guitar break, it starts out as a sax and he's wailing on the sax and then it bleeds into a guitar. You know, Gary's playing the, the lead on the guitar and I thought it was really cool. It was almost like a um, kind of like a nod or an homage to the 50s kind of, you know, because back in mm-hmm. the 50s, the, the, the sax was the lead, you know, before before Chuck Berry came along. <laughs> and uh, I just thought it was such a cool little fade between the sax solo into the guitar solo. But that's my first pick. Say you love me or say goodnight. Hmm. Yes. I like that song. <laughs> beautiful one. <laughs> <laughs> me next? Sure, why not? Uh, sure you. Sure yes. you. Yes. Me next. Me next. So Same Old Song and Dance by Aerosmith. Hmm. Written by Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. It's the lead single off of Aerosmith's second studio album, Get Your Wings. Um, features It features not one but two sax players, Stan Bronstein, who did the baritone sax, and Michael Brecker, who did the tenor sax. Also features a trombone played by John Pearson and a trumpet by Randy Brecker, who is Michael Brecker's brother. Um, it wasn't a hit song. It did help sell the album. Did not sell well, but um, it did stay on the Billboard charts for nearly a year. The song is mentioned in the season five episode of American TV series The West Wing, and it might be the only song containing both the words constipation and hurdy gurdy. Well, what? <laughs> that's got to say something right there. What? Right? <laughs> that's crazy. crazy. Well, ain't that some shit? Or lack thereof. So right. when you do a search on great rock and roll saxophonists. Uh-huh. <laughs> what comes up? Um, well, the sexiest songs in rock and roll. Oh, that's what they did there. <laughs> I do love the word sexiest. <laughs> Sexy. Um, I wanted to tell you guys, I'm, I'm kind of looking for it, a uh, sexy beast. great rock yeah. sax players. Yes. Um, because yeah, well, if you look up great saxophone players, I mean, you get like Charlie Parker, right? Mm-hmm. And you get John Coltrane and like these really serious musicians. Mm-hmm. I'm not <clears throat> talking about. It was wanted to find something that was more like rock, yes, um, um, oriented, like somebody like King Curtis, uh, King Curtis. King Curtis. Uh, let me see here. Um, Chuck 
uh, Chuck Rio, also known as oh, no, Danny Flores, known as Chuck Rio. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, people like Clarence Clemens, of course. Those the the, the those the, the guys of that ilk. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try to get something together. Oh, Bull Moose Jackson. Oh, uh, is another one we all know. Bull Moose Jackson from uh, what was the song? Um, get off the table, Mabel. Two dollar photo beer, and uh, <laughs> he did. Um, the, um, he did a song that Aerosmith did too. He did. Um, oh, what's the song? Um, it's dirty. What? It's, it's, it's a kind of guy. It's a, it's a double entendre. Big ten, ten inch record. Oh, yeah, big, big ten, ten inch. inch. Yeah, yeah. He has a, he has a version of that. There Louis Jordan, who Louis Jordan like is. Um, you listen to their music. It's really. Really in your face. It isn't. Re- it isn't rock, but it's got a lot of that kind of like drive. Hmm. Um, you know Louis Jordan. You absolutely know him. Did you ever? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. So just uh, guy, guys of that ilk. Boots Randolph. So, anyways, so there's so. While the saxophone is, you know, associated with jazz and stuff like that, there are rockers mm-hmm. who really, who mm-hmm. really, who really like to uh, rock, rock out and all that on the saxophone. <laughs> I don't know. So what is what about this song, "Young Americans" by David Bowie? Wow, I've got a Bowie song too. Wow. Which Bowie song do you have? Modern Love. Oh, that's oh, a good one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's a great one. Uh, Bowie never was a young American. Was born and raised in England, uh, said that his uh, that this was a result of cramming his whole American experience into one song. He said, "Cramming his whole." <laughs> You're a whole podcast crammer. Is just... You're a whole crammer. You, you make the crammer. saxophone dirty. He's not a man. matter of fact. He's afraid of Americans. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, he has. I'm afraid of Americans. That's a, that's a great song. Yes, he should be. Yeah, right. I'm afraid of Listen Americans. Listen to us. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was listening to Ludini Parkins. I was terrified. I was frightened. <laughs> Positively frightening. Oh my goodness. Scared. Scared right off my rocker. <laughs> uh, this was recorded between tour dates at Philadelphia's Sigma Sound Studios, which was the capital of black. Oh, <gasps> oh. Capital of black music in that era. Where? Uh, Where was it at? Of Philadelphia. Oh, really? The soul influence so, yeah. had a very obvious effect on Bowie's style. He even completely re- redesigned the stage for the rest of his Diamond Dogs tour. Over the course of about eight very creative days, Bowie recorded most of the songs for Young Americans. It's an album. He usually recorded his vocals after midnight because he heard that's when Frank Sinatra recorded most of his vocals and because there weren't so many people around. Um... Yeah, it was uh, it was a, an album and um, and as a, a song as well that features a lot of blowy blowy horny things. Is that what they're called? <laughs> it plays the blowy. It plays the blowy horny thing, or else it gets the house. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Mister, I need a new read. Oh my God, <laughs> gonna hurt your dog. Don't make me hurt your saxophone. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm never going to look at this instrument the, another way now. I know. It's See, wrong we now. ruined it for Lily. Way to go, Lou. <laughs> what do you got, Lilith? 
<clears throat> talking Do you the whole. Go? Oh yeah, I got I, I got a couple more. Okay. So we're gonna go with uh, the heat is on, Mr. Glenn Fry. Mr. Grenfly. You want to look that up there, Lou, so we can talk well, about it? let me see it? if I can find that I one. Could, I could sit here and mimic it. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. I think it's time for you to look some stuff up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're scaring me. Song. Yeah, yeah. Fa- what's the, what was the, um, the, uh, the Heat is On? The he- yeah, very good, Lou. And find the out who played the saxophone. Who, who played the sax on it? I did. You did not. <laughs> You lie. Oh, boy. MTV picking up steam in America. Movie producers started putting extra effort into their soundtracks. As it properly placed, original song could become a huge hit from a blockbuster film, creating a big, creating a bit of synergy. A great example is Beverly Hills Cop, which gave Mm -hmm. us Neutron Dance, New Attitude, and Axel F. The Heat is On was written for the film by Harold Faltermeyer. So it was written by Harold Faltermeyer. Okay. And then and then needed a popular artist to sing it. Hmm. The Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack was on MCA Records, which Glenn Fry recently signed with. How convenient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> MC asked uh, several of their male rock singers to audition for the lead vocal. That's interesting. Didn't I did know. not know that. That's interesting. Hmm. At first, Fry thought this wasn't something rock stars did. But he decided to go along just for fun, never thinking they'd pick him. Faltermeyer was impressed by Fry's vocals. Uh, the instrumental tracks were already recorded and uh, shocked Fry by using his version. It was Fry's biggest solo hit, reaching number two in the U.S., where it was, was stymied by Ario Speedwagons. Can't fight, <laughs> can't fight this feeling. Can't fight this feeling any longer. Yeah. Um, is uh, uh, what I would love to see. Is who were the other singers that, that, that sang auditioned it. for I'm that? I'm not seeing that here. Oh, I would man, love to know, cool. know who, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, we can it. get on the dark web later in the you know, court. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I, uh, um, I was, okay, so as I was reading this, I was kind of shocked because I miss, and, and I know, now I think back on the video, it is Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. But for some reason, I have have this associated with Miami Vice. Mm. You belong to the city. city yeah. It's the Miami yeah. Vice thing that he did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's where I was, uh, yeah, 1984. 1984. There you go. Yep, 1984. So that is a very cool song. Yes. Pittsburgh Kevin, I'm I'm kind of impressed. Thanks. It just came to me. But only kind of impressed. Well, uh, that's better than <laughs> Not his all. usual thoughts on me. So, you know. Alrighty. Lily's turn. So my next song is What You Need by NXS from nineteen eighty six. Yes. Yeah. Um it was the lead off track from their album Listen Like Thieves. Um it was their first big hit. Um, in America, going to number five, the band used all the sax all the time. <laughs> they had the, uh, this way of like incorporating the instrument to the song that the listener forgot they were actually listening to sax, which I think happens a lot in these songs. You don't, you sort of ignore the saxophone, so you're like, oh yeah, there is saxophone in that mm-hmm. song. I, f- I find myself doing that. Um, this is just one of the songs that the band had uh, a sax sound weaved into pop into a pop song. Um, it was used in the movies Monster and Hot Tub Time Machine, and also in the. Um, Trump Trust Fund Pirates episode of Miami Vice. Speaking of Miami ah, Vice, Miami Vice, yes, yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, you have my yeah, <laughs> you can have it back. Cross it off. There you go. Okay. That on your. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good one, Lily. 
I'm going to talk about this song right here. Um, Michael Goltz mentioned it. Did he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one, okay, and the other one I want to do is I want to do, there's a Billy Joel song I want to do too later, but um, a couple of them actually, but we'll just want to be fine. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Jungle Land. Jungle Land. Jungle Land. <laughs> Lewis. I will leave. Lewis. <laughs> just talk about the song. Lou. Children. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, Kevin. <laughs> we just look at each other. I wonder what kind of wildlife is in a jungle. <laughs> so uh, tell me about this song, Lou. I'm just going to get drunk. <clears throat> really fast. I'll drink to that. Yeah, quick. Oh, my God. Okay. This is a poetic tale of life on the streets of New Jersey. Beginning with a simple piano intro, Springsteen goes through a series of abstract images and introduces a series of characters in the song, including Magic Rat, Barefoot Girl, and Barefoot Girl. Uh, it's a song that led to comparisons with Bob Dylan, notably Dylan's Desolation Row. Born to Run came with lyrics to the songs of the album uh, mm-hmm. so listeners could follow along reflecting on the album years later Springsteen singled out the last verse of Jungle Land as an example of his work that had a lot of overblown romance but still contained the seeds of realism running nine minutes and 33 seconds this song takes a lot of unexpected musical turns after a 45 second intro and two verses chorus repetitions a guitar solo comes in uh, around the three minute mark but instead of following form with a chorus and an outro we, uh, we get a vocal bridge the in the parking lot uh, thing um, followed by a sax solo that doesn't abate until six minutes in <laughs> It's like epic sax yeah. on this. Uh, taking the song uh, to silence be, uh, before it comes back to life with a piano section and other verse with uh, some wordless wailing to close things out. Note how little of running time can be considered chorus, which is really just the line down in Jungle Land. Hmm. Or the end races tonight in Jungle Land. So there's not like, there's almost no chorus. There is barely, but there, yeah, it's like all this other stuff. Um, I mean, the radio played it. That's how I knew it. I didn't know. I didn't own the album, and um, this is like a, it's it's an epic track. It's almost like, um, you know, it's almost like a progressive song. It's almost like a, you know, something like a like kind of a rush. I was gonna say or something like that. Nine you know minutes I mean? rush is like, I'm getting yeah. bored with this. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's too long. Really crazy, man. It's a really amazing song. It's very beautiful. A lot of um, it's 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 epic. From 1975. Okay. 1975. Okay. Do we have any comments from the? Uh, oh my god! We have all the comments. <laughs> it's time for comments. <clears throat> um, it's time for comments. Michael Goltz. We all need more sax. <laughs> Duh. Um, <laughs> then he was making fun of the effective length and holes. Uh, Adolf Sachs sounds like a name right out of This is Spinal Tap uh, Michael Goltz also said uh, Jerry Rafferty Baker Street has an amazing sax solo Turn the Page has an amazing sax solo <laughs> Lee Carver one of my favorites with big sax solo is Bruce Springsteen Jungle Land which we just talked about half of Billy Joel's catalog has great sax parts to it this is all Michael Goltz now okay, just so nice. we know 
It's the Michael Goltz Show. Pink Floyd Money has a great sax solo. Mark Rivera of Billy Joel's band is an amazing sax player. Clarence from the E Street Band. Lou, admit it, you should have just had me on this episode. Um, Heat is on is a great Heat is on is a great song. Harden My Heart by Quarter Flash. And oh, yeah. Never Tear Us Apart. And that's Thomas Blodgett. So that's the yeah. end of the Oh, hit. Tom Blodgett. Tommy. What's up, Thomas? Oh, Jumas. Thomas. Hamburger. Hamburger cheeseburger. Okay. Enough said. Uh, okay, so... Um, that's a good. That was a good thing y'all yeah. did there. You guys are pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty very happy good. Um, Lily, we got something else you want to talk about? I have. I want a new drug by Huey Lewis in the news, 1984. You mean Ghostbusters? No, I don't mean Ghostbusters <laughs> and his lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, from their third album, Sports. It's the second single following the top ten hit, Heart and Soul. Came out in 84. The single reached number six on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and topped the Dance Club Play Chart. It's a love song wherein the word drug has an intentionally open-ended meaning for the listener's interpretation and became one of the band's signature songs. This is my favorite Huey Lewis song. Uh, Lewis was heavily influenced by Purple Haze by the Jimi Hendrix experience with the recording of the song and called the guitar riff at the end of the song a tip of the hat to Hendrix. The band was super new wave when they arrived on the scene, but when sports came out in 83, they found their footing in the music world. The song is super catchy. Uh, some people may not listen to the sax in it, but they should because it sort of, uh, it makes it extra awesome. It gives the song a little bit of a kick. So. Nice. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah. Very nice. I see what you said, Danny. Yeah, I understand that fully. I remember when this song came out and, you know, people thought it was about drugs and were like all upset. <laughs> Simmer but, down now. But but Huey Lewis was he was kind of clean cut. He was. He mm-hmm. didn't really have that. And then then fin- then a couple years later he released Hip to Be Square. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's a great song to kill people by. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, just invite him over to your apartment, lay down in the plastic, and grab an axe. I I just love have a nice little convo first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> discuss the song. Discuss the album. No. Get in some, into some rock history there. Jared Leto. Just kill him. It's okay. Right on the couch. I don't know who played saxophone on this, and I'm sorry. I'm not coming up with anything. Uh, this uh, Say Goodbye to Hollywood by Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. Um, there's two different versions. There's the studio version, and then there was the version from 1981, uh, a live version, which I think has just a little bit more energy to it. Uh, the song <clears throat> is you look at the temporary nature of most relationships as people are always coming in and out of our lives. It's told through the eyes of two characters, Bobby in the first verse and Johnny in the second. Uh, they do their time in Hollywood, but now find themselves moving on with their lives, a natural progression in a series of hellos and goodbyes in mm. life. Uh, Joel wrote this in the style of the Ronettes, specifically their song, Be My Baby, Mm -hmm. a wall of sounds Phil Spector production. Uh, Joel was a big fan of 60s girl groups and loved both both Spector's production and Ronettes lead singer Ronnie Spector's voice. Uh, In Say Goodbye to Hollywood, he plays homage to uh, uh, Ronnie's vibrato, emulating when he sings uh, the word Boulevard. Joel met Ronnie a few times over the years, but only after he wrote the song. Okay, now this is something uh, kind of fun fact about the song. Ronnie Spector. Spector? Ronnie Spector. Ronnie Spector, who was an influence on this song, released her own version of it in 1977. Oh, cool. Uh, I vaguely think 
remember mm. hearing vaguely, vaguely. Mm. Uh, she said at the time, in a way, it's my life story because I was married in Hollywood. I lived in Hollywood. My life fell apart in Hollywood. And now I'm saying goodbye to Hollywood. Uh, cool. Spectre's version was produced by little Stephen Van Zant, wow. who she met while singing back up for Bruce Springsteen in 76. Uh, and then Springsteen's band, uh, the E Street Band, played back up for her. That's cool. That's cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, another album that features a large portion of Springsteen's band is um, Bad Out of Hell. Oh. Really? Yep. yep. Did not know that. Yep. That's um, Lily looked like you were going, you had to interject something. No, no, no. I was just looking at the comments. Was this, was there a comment we need to, to discuss? <clears throat> Michael Goltz. <laughs> Michael? Yes, Lou. The live version of Say Goodbye to Hollywood from Songs in the Attic is much better than the studio version. Oh, you see it. You know, there we should have had him on. <laughs> we might have been a good I'm idea. I thought Michael. about inviting Billy Mank because he is a sax player. Oh, well, there you go. Oh. But it was I didn't have that thought until like it was too five late. minutes. This afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, oh, damn it. So, okay. Good ones, good ones, good ones, good ones. Who's next? Well, uh, Michael brought up Baker Street. Right. Which uh, I thought was such a cool, like he said, a really cool sax uh, solo in it. So, yes, yes. Me and Michael, we're on the same page, man. We're not going to turn that page, man, but we're on the same page, man. Oh, my God, stop. I liked liked his, uh, I had forgotten about Quarter Flash, so I'm glad he brought that up, too. So. But, uh, exactly. Something like that. Let's have a listen to this. Let's have this. Oh, no. Oh, shit. That's Stevie Vaughn playing. Uh-oh. Stevie. Uh, fucking YouTube. They probably turned the, the fucking sound off the whole thing. God damn it. Luckily, Fuck. Yins can read our lips. <laughs> fucking wow. Facebook. Fucking <clears throat> Go ahead and pick one. I, I, okay. I have to um, He's technical <clears throat> difficulties. Uh, Urgent by Foreigner, 1981. Oh, yeah. There's a good one. Song debuted in 81, held its position as number one on the Billboard uh, Rock Tracks chart for a total of four weeks. Uh, this is one of the best rock sax solos in history. It has a bit of a history behind it as well. Uh, the band wanted Junior Walker to play the saxophone solo, and they found out he was actually performing a few blocks away from the recording studio. Made him an offer, and he recorded the solo that night. The solo begins at 2 minutes and 38 seconds into the song. Uh, He recorded at least 12 versions of the saxophone solo, but Mutt Lang used his very first take. Uh, He appreciated its raw, rough edges. Um, Junior Walker covered the song and recorded it using uh, using Motown records. It was featured in the 1985 movie Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh, wow. Mark Rivera also had saxophone work in it as, in the song as well, but apparently he's not as important as Junior Walker. Oh. So I wanted to make sure he got his due, too. There you go. <laughs> it's important to us. Yes. And I will be seeing Foreigner this year. Foreigner. <clears throat> um, I want to circle back because I had to take care of something. Uh, Jerry Rafferty's Baker. Yes. Baker Boys, the fabulous Baker Boys, fabulous <laughs> Baker Street Boys, uh, the, fa- <laughs> the Boys in the Street. Oh boy! Boys this is the, the most sentimental of all of Jerry Rafferty's songs. It's about a man who dreams of owning a house and living away from his neighborhood, but he's a drunk and cannot achieve the goal. He drinks to forget what he doesn't have and never realizes he's a Rolling Stone with no direction. Mm. Mm. Rafferty was a member of Steeler's Wheel, who had the hit mm-hmm. Stuck in the Middle with You. Stuck His first band was yes, a folk yes. duo called the, hum- about it. the Humble yeah, know, Bums. Right? 
The humble uh, bums? His singing partner was uh, famous uh, Scott comedian Billy Conley. Oh, really? Uh, Baker Street is a real street in London. Rafferty often stayed uh, there with a friend who lived, who lived in that area. Oh. Baker Street is where Sherlock Holmes lived. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Uh, the Baker Street saxophone gets a lot of attention, but there's a rather impressive guitar solo song right. as well. Yes. It was played by Hugh Burns, a Scottish session musician who played on the City to City album. Burns had been touring with Jack Bruce of Cream, so he was in the blues rock mindset. He wanted to play various George Michael tracks, including Faith and Careless Whisper. One of the most famous residents of Baker Street is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, fictional detective, Sir Sherlock Holmes. So, uh, the Foo Fighters did a version of it where he worked it with the famous sax line replaced with the guitar. They performed the song on occasion and issued their version as a B-side to some releases of My Hero. In 2007, the song was included in the 10th anniversary reissue of their album, The Color and the Shape. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Raphael Ravenscroft was the sax player who played the song. Okay, there what you go. What a name. Um, he didn't have a... Uh, they, they, they knew they wanted to have an, this instrument break. They didn't have a specific instrument in mind. Hugh Murphy, who produced the track, suggested a saxophone, so they brought in Ravenscroft to play. Ravenscroft was uh, played on records by Pink Floyd, Marvin Gaye. Don't let la No laughing. ABBA. Alvin Lee and many oh, no others. To ABBA. And there's a, there's a side note here. Ravenscroft was reportedly paid 27 pounds for his sax competition. <laughs> oh, brother. Wow. The check he, that, that he was given bounced. <gasps> so the musician framed the useless payment and hung it on his solicitor's wall. That's hysterical. I mm. love that. <laughs> wow. To the altar at 27 It shows pounds. up at the end of the 1970s. Don't cash it till Monday. <laughs> it shows up at the end of a 1997 Simpsons episode, Lisa Sachs, when she receives a new saxophone after her old one was destroyed, while the sax solo plays clips of her playing the old sax are shown. I remember Whoa. that episode, actually. Look at that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't, I think I, we couldn't just say. Um, Baker Street and then just not talk anymore. Right, right. We had to kind of get into it so I wanted to <laughs> circle back to it. So, um, saxophone. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I know we've had, like I said, we've been having, we had some requests to do this topic for a while and um, I thought it was fun. It's a sexy like it. topic. I enjoy it. What's wrong with being sexy? Right. <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting too because I think, um, like I said, the early the early rock songs of the '50s featured a lot of sax in the lead position, and I think once like distortion came around, it gave that same kind of sustain, yeah, the sustain and, and nastiness and character, yeah, and, yeah character. and and that's that's why I think uh, the lead guitar came into its own. That's a good. That's a good uh, yeah. analysis. That's yeah. very astute. Oh, who you calling astute? <laughs> Uh, that says everybody. Pittsburgh Cavities are our color commentator. No, I'm not going there. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, I'm the least colored. No. <laughs> I'm Irish. You went there. I am. I I blind you. Oh, you and your moon tan. 
<laughs> my moon, yeah. The moon tans. There's a, a moon band burn. Name, the, the moon tans. I got a moon. The moon tans. <laughs> it's a marvelous night for a moon tan. Okay. Kids. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, saxophone. Oops. Hey, it's uh, the heater's on. We are a, we are a professional <laughs> podcast here, yeah, folks. Dehumidifier. I don't know if that would come through or not, but let's right, let's well. not mess with it. Uh, Patsy Cline made the final television appearance of her career on this day in 1963 oh. when she appeared on the Glenn Reeves show singing San Antonio Rose and I Fall to Pieces. She died tragically in a plane crash five days later at the age of 30. Ooh. So sad. Wow. I didn't realize she was that young. Does a uh, Jessica Lang played her in a movie? Ah, oh, yes. And the plane just like slammed right into like a mountain. Like they're like, oh, they're all in this plane, like joking around, laughing, ah, like wow. that. Now we don't really know because nobody survived. It was like how people imagined, probably what they were doing. Yeah. There was no reason for her to be, you know. Um, but that is a really good. Um, that is a good. Uh, Biopic, the, her her story. I, I know. I've seen I think it it's called past. "I Fall to Pieces." I think. Yeah, you might be right. I think it was, it was called the, uh, like a good uh, like double feature would be that and Coal Miner's Daughter. There you oh, go. Oh, I love that movie. Yep. Patsy Cline features in in Coal Miner's Daughter mm-hmm. as well. <clears throat> um, uh, you'll never guess the Beatles. They didn't do anything today. On this Stop. Nineteen sixty-six. <laughs> police were called. Uh oh. The police were called. Ruffians. Those <laughs> bunch of ruffians. Those little mop tops. Uh, called over a, a hundred music fans barricaded themselves inside Liverpool's Cavern Club to protest at the club's closure. Hmm. The club had run up its debts. The Beatles made a total of 292 appearances in the Cavern Club. Their final performance was at the club was on the 3rd of August, 1963. Wow. So, yeah, it's a tough business, you know. I'm going to steal Lily's line. I wasn't born then. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't either. Neither was I. You were born on this day in 19... 19- you were born. You had been born. You had yeah. been alive on this day in 1970. I was. Billed as David Bowie's new electric band. So new they hadn't had a name yet. Played at the uh, Basildon Arts uh, Lab Experimental Music Club in Basildon Arts Center in Essex. Wow, that's a mouthful. I know, man. You guys are killing me with these words. <laughs> also on the bill were High Tide, o- Overson, and Iron Butterfly. Wow, there's a name from the past, Iron Butterfly? Jeez. <laughs> Lily's, ne- Lily's never even heard of them. On, the, on, on this day in 1970, <laughs> Peter Green told me New Musical Express uh, about his plans to give away all of his money. Following following year, Green confronted his accountant with a gun after he sent him an unwanted royalty check. The guitarist went to jail briefly before being transferred to an asylum and was committed to mental hospital in 1973. He relaunched his career in the 90s. Um, he, he, was, he was in, man, this, it, he had a rough life. Yeah. I mean, just like, he wasn't right in the head and then somebody... Gave him uh, very much like um, Sid Barrett. There's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. very very similar kind of situation. He was little. He was a little out there, anyways. And then somebody had given him uh, some kind of hallucinogenic mixture that really whacked him out. Oh. And uh, he dis like he sort of like disappeared from from everything. Finally, right. I can't remember who it was. It might have been. I think it was his family. They, they went and found him. 
Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, and they yeah. started working with him and everything. And um, he did. He relaunched the 90s. He, I think he won a couple of Grammys, on, like in the blues mm-hmm. category, yeah. for, for stuff he was doing. So good for him. Um, um, oh, check this out. In yes. 1970, Led Zeppelin played a gig in Copenhagen <laughs> as the Knobs. After Ava von Zeppelin, a relative of airship designer, threatened to sue if the family name was used in Denmark. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a crazy story. In the no- 70s? Wow. <laughs> Fine. We're the knobs. <laughs> uh, started as Simon and Garfunkel. Um, Garfunkel notes, no. Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> started a six-week run at the top of the U.S. singles chart with Bridge Over Troubled, Troubled Waters. Waters. Sail on Silver Girl. Uh, Bobby Bloom shot himself dead. Mm. Well, in the head. No way. Yep, His, he was he was a, a twenty eight. Had huh. sing number three single Montego. No, no wonder he shot himself. Only went to number three. <laughs> I failed. Uh, this uh, day in 1976, Paul Simon's Still Crazy After All These Years was named Best Pop Vocal Performance and Album of the Year, hmm. 18th Annual Grammys. He, in his speech, he said, I'd like to thank Stevie Wonder for not releasing an album this year. <laughs> That's great. Beautiful. Oh, my God. And this day in 1977, Ray Charles mm. was attacked on stage by a man who tried to strangle him with a microphone cord. Wow. Nice. What's a, <laughs> wow. Some 70s people. They the man was a member of a group called Project Heavy. No shit. <laughs> That's a community stuff. program for disadvantaged youths. They promised that the matter would be handled within the organization and no charges were laid. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Eddie Rabbit, country music star Eddie Rabbit, crossed over the pop chart to score a U.S. number one hit with I Love a Rainy Night. Mm, I love so that one. He, earlier, uh, he had earlier written the Elvis Presley smash Kentucky Rain before having a number five hit with Driving My Life Away. Oh, yeah. Although it sounds like he made up his name, his real name is Edward Thomas Rabbit. Huh. Wow. That's cool. Uh, I wonder if rabbits ever... Uh... No. Stop. No. <laughs> Sir. Pause. Next. <laughs> Keep reading. Next event, next birthday, next death, whatever. <laughs> next thing the Beatles did. <clears throat> You're getting into some... Harry territory here, buddy. Terry territory. Harry territory. Terry Harry Harry. Oh. Harry Terry Terry Harry. Little hurdy gurdy. That's Harry Terry Terry Harry. Hurdy <laughs> I just wanted to use that again. I know. What, what was I'm the first thinking. song you remember hearing by you two? Oh hell. Uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday. Okay, that's because that album was released this day. It wasn't called Sunday Bloody. It was called War. Yep. Released this day in 1983. Third studio album. Produced by Steve Lilly Lilly. Oh. The album uh, is coming to be regarded as <clears throat> his first overtly political album, in part because of songs like Sunday, Bloody Sunday, and New Year's Day. War became the band's first number one album in the UK, knocking Michael Jackson's thriller from the top. Take Dang. that, Michael. <laughs> the boy on the cover album is Peter Rowan, the brother of Bono's friend Guji oh, from uh, the Virgin Prunes. Those freaking sure. Irish names. I know, right? 
Uh, but Michael Jackson strikes back on this day in 1984. Won a, uh, a record eight Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year for Thriller. Take so, that, you two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> record of the Year, Best Rock Vocal Performance for Beat It. Best Pop Vocal Performance. Best R&B Vocal Performance. Best R&B Song for Billie Jean. Best Recording uh, for uh, Children for E.T.'s The Extraterrestrial. Huh. Ain't that something. Uh, David Byron from Uriah Heep died from an epileptic fit and liver disease. Oh. I didn't know an epileptic fit could kill you, but yeah, I guess so. maybe like if you're like laying on like stones or something. <laughs> Whack your head. <laughs> what happens if you're one of them guys that lays on a bed of needles and then, and you, then you have the an epileptic, epileptic fit? Yeah, You know, the things you think of scares me just a little bit. It concerns me. Sorry. On this day in 1994. Yes. What happened? Eric, um, cap, Captain Eric Clapton Captain. played his 100th <laughs> performance at London's Royal Albert Hall. Right then. In the aid of Children in Crisis oh, Charity. Nice. Uh, on this day in 1996, Alanis Morris said, Alanis, won't you go down on us? Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> Wow. One best album of the year for Jagged Little, Jagged Pill. Little Pill. Best female rock and vocal, uh, rock vocal and best song for You Wanna Know. Nirvana's Unplugged won best alternative album. And Coolio. Coolio. Best rap performance with Gangsta's Paradise. I like Gami's Paradise <laughs> by Weird Al. You would. Hey, you know, there uh, there's a Weird Al movie coming out. Guess who is playing I Weird Al? I saw this and I can't remember who now. It's, uh, oh, who's Harry Potter? Oh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I what? Saw that. I saw that. Oh. No. <laughs> Boy George pleaded not guilty to false. This is another crazy story. Here we go. This is right up. This is, this outdoes the, uh, um, Ray Charles thing. Uh-huh. I jump on stage with a microphone. I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, Boy George pleaded not guilty to falsely imprisoning a male escort by chaining him to a wall. I remember that. The singer. And DJ was also accused of assaulting Auden Carlson during the, the alleged incident on the 28th of April 2007. He was released on bail until a trial in Snaresbrook Crown Court in November. These people over there, you guys have crazy names for shit over there. Come on. <laughs> Talk good English, that. Wow. But so, yes, yeah, so apparently Boy George was, he said. What year was that again? 2008. He was he imprisoned a male escort by, and chained him to the wall. Wow. Yeah, you're mine. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> and the escort said, D- "Do you really want to hurt me?" Oh my god. Well, you're yes. a no, 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 no. Boom goes the dynamite. Wow. Do not take my lines and change them. <laughs> <laughs> was that somebody taking a bite out of the mail escort? Take a bite out of crime. I knew that was coming. Oh my god. Call McGruff. We're very predictable anymore. You said dick. What? I've just spent too much time with y'all. Apparently. <laughs> I'm missing it. See, I clicked away from it. Oh, is that a bad thing? Oh, dude. I, oh, here it is. It's hiding. Okay, good. Um, it's hiding. Oh, you're a bass player. Oh, yes. Did you know who T-Bone Walk was? T-Bone Walk? T-Bone uh, T- Tom T-Bone Walk. Walk? Who played bass for nearly 30 years with Daryl Hall and John Oates died of an apparent heart attack oh. at the age of 58 
on this day in 2010, also recorded with Carly Simon, mm -hmm. Jellyfish Squeeze, Elvis Costello, Sean Colvin, and Billy Joel. Oh, oh. interesting. <sighs> I don't know every bass player. Why? Andre Previn died. <laughs> what? This day in 2019. Yeah, I remember that. He, he played the classical music, like, didn't he? That classical. <laughs> he liked the way he's been turned around and... So you play this and you play that. Don, happy birthday to Don Helms, a steel steel player. Uh, played all kind of great country uh, uh, pedal, uh, pedal steel on mm -hmm, for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Uh, Brian Jones. Oh. English musician and composer Brian Jones, best known as the founder and original leader of the Rolling Stones. Jones placed an advertisement in Jazz News. May um, second to six in nineteen sixty-two, inviting musicians to audition for a new R and B group. Jones <laughs> came up with the name Rolling Stones while on the phone with a ven venue owner who asked, "What are you called?" Jones saw a copy of uh, the Best of Muddy Waters lying on the floor, and the track <laughs> mm -hmm. was Rolling Stone Blues. When Jones developed alcohol and drug problems, he became increasingly unreliable, and the Stones dismissed him. So he got fired from his own band. Like yeah. he started the band, he got kicked that's, out of it. That's how bad it was. And then he died. Yeah, yeah. There's a band. There's a band called the Brian Jonestown Massacre. <laughs> what? Yes, I know. Really? That. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. That's a <gasps> look. Oh my god! 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 Okay. Yeah, I already, Happy I already knew that. To Donny Irish. Donny Irish. Donny Irish. Shut the front door. The king of cool himself. Yeah, Donny. <laughs> yeah, Donny. It's on my wall today on Facebook. He's my hero. American rock musician Donnie Iris <laughs> wrote the number two Billboard hit, The Rapper. With I love that Jag song. Jaggers mm -hmm. in 1970. Was a member of Wild Cherry who had the 76 number one hit, uh, played a funky music. He also achieved fame as a solo artist in the 80s with the hit, Ah, Leah. Leah. Ah, Leah. Oh, Oh, boy. Happy birthday. Uh, Ronnie Rosman from the American rock band Tommy Shane's, Tommy James and the Shondells. Yes, yes. Uh, this happy birthday to him. Uh, Jeff Nichols, British musician and, a musician and keyboardist. Uh, worked with Black Sabbath. Uh, born in, say, 1948. Oh, Eddie Mannion. Eddie Mannion, American saxophonist from Shore Group, Southside John and the Asbury Jukes. There you go. Sassy musician. He recorded and toured with, among others, Springsteen, uh, Diane Ross, Gary U.S. Bonds, Bon Jovi. Mm -hmm. Bon Jovi. Oh, here we go. You Dave got it stuck Edmund, now. Uh, Dave Dave You're stuck. <laughs> Keith Riffhard. Riffhard. Yes. Oh my God! Oh, oh, Cindy Wilson, singer and founding member of the B-52s. Happy oh, birthday! Happy birthday! Uh, Ian Stanley, uh, songwriter, record producer uh, with Tears for Fears. Mm -hmm. uh, British drummer, songwriter, and singer Phil Gold from Level Forty Two. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday! Yes. Uh, Nigel Godrich. <laughs> Nigel Godrich. A best work uh, known for his work with a radiohead was uh, producer, engineer. Jason Aldean. That's yeah. about as far away from Nigel Godrich right, right. as you can get. Jason Aldean, American oh country singer. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh boy. Jake Bug. I don't know who Jake Bug was. He was born today. Jake Bug? Well, there's Jake also Bug. one more birthday we have to talk Alex about. Alex Trans. Not him. No, I'm just kidding. It's, not it's actually uh, our fearless leader over at Rock Rage Radio. It's John Coon's birthday today. Hey, Johnny Coons! Happy birthday. Johnny! We love you, Johnny Coons. Here's a squeaky drip just for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. Wow. That's love right there. Bloody hell! That's love. <clears throat> sorry. I'm having a... COVID. Are you having a fit? I'm having a shit fit. You are. <laughs> Great. Shit and I have to sit here. Fit, you must quit. <laughs> Why are we on that still? <laughs> I hate when the podcast comes full circle in that way. Mm-hmm. Ain't that something? You know why? We're professionals. You're nerd. Yeah, professional we're nerds. Yep, we're professionals. Professional, like, jerk-offs or something. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. oh, my goodness. Okay, guys. So, um, what else is going on? So I got. Oh, I'm seeing Overkill on Saturday at Jurgles. Underkill. Overkill. No, that was the opening band. <laughs> Overkill. The um, opening band is Prong. Uh, is that a, that's a song by um, Men at Work. No, that's. Um, yeah, Men at Work. It's just Overkill. Okay, okay yeah. Ghosts Men at Work. appear and fade away. That's right. It is. Yep. And Kat Von D was supposed to be performing oh. tonight in Pittsburgh, but she had to cancel. So that's sad for oh, anyone who Kat. wanted to see that. I was going to make a really terrible joke. Of course you were. Surprise. <laughs> leave her, leave her, leave her cat out of this. Anyways, um, <clears throat> we will circle back to this topic at some point because there's like a gazillion a, million. Yeah. Only a gazillion more. That we haven't uh, really talked about like, um, you know, just, 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 just tons. There's, there's yeah. just, there's just so many. Uh, so we, we will circle back, um, to the whole saxophone subject. I hope that Michael Goltz, uh, you have been uh, yes, good topic. sated, you know, for now. <laughs> he was in his glory. <laughs> good topic. So. <clears throat> no, I would be great if Metallica got a sax player. <laughs> <laughs> they should, that should be the next thing. They should, like, tour with the horn section. <laughs> that would be something. That would be kind of cool. Know, wear, like, suits and mm-hmm. do, like, a whole swing <laughs> thing. <laughs> Their fans are like, you sold out! And Again, that, well, <laughs> they'd still be there though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's up, Bill Damiano? What's up, big guy? He said his interview. I saw that didn't go, go well tonight. <laughs> it wasn't a job interview, was it? I'm sure it was probably a music interview. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, I know it wasn't a job interview. Big <laughs> shit. So I'll get you a job. If you want a job, I'll get you a job. I'm just saying. Oh my goodness! So <clears throat> next week uh, it will be a brand new month. Holy! For and holy. I don't know. <sighs> off the top, we're going to talk about what our topic is going to be for next week. Um, but this month's album, mm-hmm. we got a good one. We're okay, gonna, we got a good one for you guys. Yeah, I'm not going to reveal it oh, just yet. Geez. Is it one I already know? We talked about. Discussed? Okay, then I probably know what it is. We about it. So, so the album is going to be interesting. We're going to try to mix it up a little bit. And uh, see if we can uh, start a little controversy. Let's start a war. Crazy. <laughs> Too late. Oh. Well, that wasn't me. <laughs> I had no parts in that one. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. I didn't know. see... Um, I didn't... Oh, I did see a band. Yes. Um, This week. I did. I did see a band. See, it, you didn't even know. I... um. 
Matt Baranti. I know that at, name. At um, 31 in Bridgeville. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're good. And I ran, and Willie Franklin was playing bass, my buddy, and um, it was cool to see him. They sounded very, very good. Uh, Matt's an amazing guitar player. Really, really good band. So you guys, if you know, check those guys out if you get a chance. Um, RockRageRadio.com. Wolfscustoms.online and our website is Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.com uh, and or Lou Lombardi Music.com to uh, get more information. There's, we have all kind of giveaways and things like that there. Get access to our private Facebook group. That's like if you want to comment and hang out while we're doing it, that's where you got to be because um, that's we can only look at one. Page at a yeah, time. We're, not that, <laughs> we're already. I already got too many things on the fucking computer. I'm already getting yelled at for looking at my phone too much as it is. So. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, anyways, guys, I want to uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, Lily, uh, what is? Tell us about what do you have with your show. My show, uh, Hot Licks with Lily Six, is Thursdays, six p.m. Eastern Time on Rock Rage Radio. You could go to the website or just download the app for free. If I could talk. And I have uh, Abaddon's End interview this week. And I have millions of interviews coming up. It feels nice. Like. <laughs> nice. All right, everybody. Pittsburgh Kevin, how are you doing? You going to be all right this week? Yeah, you so I want to okay? announce uh, uh, Wednesday morning I'll be down at the Cannon uh, Laundromat doing my laundry. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. I'll bet. So if you want to stop by, uh, bring some food or something. That would be great. Oh, I guess I need to tell you uh, <laughs> something I have not told everybody. Uh-oh. You know, um, that the the band Lithium, which is a Nirvana tribute group yes. that I participate in. Yes. Why is it sound? Um, anyways, the is a Nirvana tribute band that I play with. Uh, we'll be performing all... Oh, my Come on God. now. You know, Come on now. Spin I'm it out, boy. the last podcast I ever record. I can't talk. <laughs> You're fine. I didn't even drink. I wasn't even drinking tonight. That's um, a problem. Is going to be performing at the Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh on April 9th. Noise. So um, it's going to be a cool show. We're, yeah, well, I'll give you more information uh, in, uh, in the coming weeks, but uh, just, just kind of keep that data. Save the date, as they say. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll catch you all in the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Real house of broken dreams. Well, I met that boy 12. I'm from the Valley of the Kings. <laughs>